0: You're listening to... Whoa! Potluck!
1: Potluck! And welcome to Books and Boba, a book club and podcast featuring books by Asian and Asian-American authors. My name is Marvin Yes.
0: And I'm Rira
1: and we are here today for our June 2021 mid-month book news check-in. We're coming in a little bit late than we usually do this month because, uh, wow, we've had a really busy June. I mean,
0: I think it's like a follow-up to to May because <laughs> we had a really busy May and just like the things that we couldn't fit into May kind of spilled over to g (laughs)
1: yeah so we're actually inserting this podcast in between two other regular episodes which means we'll probably have like five episodes um this month because we've had a lot of really great author interviews coming up and we don't want to like wait too long between recording and putting it out to support the author so yeah you're getting some extra books and boba this this month without even paying for extra so lucky you i
0: know right (laughs) I mean, you say they were great interviews, and I'm trusting you because my memory is just gone. As soon as we stopped recording, I'm like, (laughs) what did I say?
1: (laughs) I like to think we're pretty good interviewers. Um, From all accounts, the authors have fun talking to us. So unless they're just blowing smoke up our butts, um, I'm going to believe them when they say that they had fun.
0: See, like, I listen to the episodes as well when they when they go up because I'm genuinely curious. I was like, "What did what did we talk about?" Like, I like I don't remember.
1: <laughs> All right. So as always, we'll start off our mid month episode with our book publishing news updates, um, and whew, we have a lot this month. So let's get started. Uh, Rira, what's our first deal?
0: All right. So as always, we get the book deals from Publishers Weekly Uh, a valentine-preempted creator of media newsletter D's Links and ex-Buzzfeed editor Delia Tsai's Central Places. This rom-com is about a woman caught between the person she was and the person she has tried to become when she brings her white New York City fiancé home to small-town Illinois to meet her Chinese immigrants parents over Christmas, ultimately revealing cracks in their relationship old family tensions, and unresolved feelings for a high school crush. And I'm guessing that the publication for this is coming out sometime in 2023. Uh, it's not listed, but yeah. congratulations. Um, yeah, this sounds fun.
1: Yeah, it's always cool to get the um, the homecoming story from like an Asian American perspective, because a it's lot like of us... It's like bringing
0: home the, the boyfriend or girlfriend to meet your family, yeah. and just, you know, <laughs> knowing that you're going to disappoint the parents no matter what <laughs>
1: <laughs> our next deal two books acquired when a brown girl flees by ama Qureshi. the ya contemporary novel is about muslim pakistani american zara paracha who makes an impulsive decision to run away from home and move across the country in an attempt to heal in her journey she learns to love herself and renew her faith in family while navigating mental health and religious guilt Publication is planned for spring 2023.
0: This also sounds really interesting because, yeah, like running away from home is like, I f- i feel like everyone thinks about it.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of the last book, right? Like there's, <laughs> there's two, like for those of us who have left home, there are usually like two phases of that, right? There's the, all right, let's get out of here. I don't want to live in this town anymore. I want to get as far away as possible. And then the eventual homecoming, which is like reckoning with that decision to go away and and add to that the additional um, layer of like religion and mental health and sounds like it's going to be a pretty good like reflection on those adolescent tendencies
0: yeah all right so next book deal labyrinth road acquired world rights to three books in a debut middle grade series by ya author misa sugiura called momo arashima and the sword of the wind Pitched as Arusha meets Amari and the Night Brothers, the series follows nerdy middle schooler Momo, who discovers that her offbeat widowed mother is actually a banished Shinto goddess. Momo is shocked to learn that she alone has the power to save her mother's life and vanquish the demons set on bringing chaos to our world. The series is set to launch in summer 2023. Uh, Misa Sugiora, we've had her on the podcast before for her book, This Time Will Be Different. And this time, she's writing a this time very it's different genre. Different. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I'm always down for a well-done chosen one story, especially in the fantasy world. So especially like a contemporary yeah. fantasy. I think that sounds really cool.
0: I, I really don't know that much about Shinto uh, religion. So it would be really nice to see like how the mythology and like the religion aspect weaves into like the fantasy narrative in in, in our series. So I am pretty excited to get my hands on it.
1: All right. Next up, Nancy Paulson books from Penguin bought middle grade debut Rostam and the Red Dwarf by Olivia Aptahi. Um, The book is a space opera inspired by the um, the Persian book of Kings in which 12 year old Rostam accidentally plunges his entire planet into darkness. And must now defeat the demon king Zahak to save their son. Publication is slated for spring 2023.
0: We were just talking about mythology, and here's yeah. another one.
1: <laughs> this sounds pretty cool, man. Space
0: operas, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm down for more space operas.
1: Man, it's like to be a twelve-year-old and like doom your planet to like darkness, rooting for. I Rostam. mean, like before
0: <laughs> before this recording, we were talking about animes of our youth, and That's we true. were talking about how they're we all about like 12 year
1: olds saving the world. So we did yeah, consume like a lot gritty of that gritty
0: stuff. <laughs> like yeah, the end of the world is upon us, and it's totally yeah. up to you and your magic powers or your mecha Gundam or the power to, of to friendship or, or the power of friendship. <laughs> yeah, that too. All right, next up. Athenium Acquired Enlightened by Sachi Adiri Weira, a graphic novel biography that dramatizes the life of a young prince who leaves his sheltered life of luxury and becomes the Buddha in his quest to end human suffering. Publication is scheduled for summer 2023.
1: So basically, Siddhartha, right? But I guess more more accessible, because Siddhartha was kind of hard to read. Well, I also read it when I was in like freshman year of high school. So like... I'm sure. I'm sure if I went back to it, I'd be able to comprehend a lot more of it. But
0: also, it's it's a graphic uh, biography, so oh. it probably is a lot easier to understand the story because you have like visual depictions.
1: Yeah. All right. Next up, in an exclusive submission, Salam reads of Simon and Schuster bought a new YA novel from S. K. Ali called "Love from Mecca to Medina" while on a pilgrimage to Mecca. Adam and Zainab find their new relationship tested by the circumstances of their Umrah group, including a group leader one of them had previously known. Publication is slated for fall 2022.
0: This is interesting because it's on the pilgrimage to Mecca, which is like a very, very big thing in... um in like Muslim yeah. uh, religion practices. So I am interested in, in reading it. So SK Ali is the author of Saints and Misfits, as well as Love from A to Z. Um, it is, you know, those were very big books in the last couple of years. So I'm sure that this one will be great as well. Yeah,
1: I wonder what the, because the the description doesn't really give me a lot of context, especially as a non-Muslim. I don't know. I don't know what Umrah is, um, but I'm wondering if this is like a a conservative versus progressive type of conflict or more of like interpersonal love triangle type of conflict. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I don't know.
0: (laughs) All right. So it's my turn. All right. Scribner acquired world English rights to Huma Abedin's memoir, Both Slash And, A Life in Many Worlds. It details the story of the author's coming of age as an American Muslim, the daughter of Indian and Pakistani scholars who split their time between Saudi Arabia, the U.S., and the U.K. Uh, Huma Abedin has been a longtime aide to Hillary Clinton and is in the process of divorcing former congressman Anthony Weiner. Yeah, I remember seeing that documentary about Anthony Weiner and his, (laughs) like— Attempt to become a mayor of New York. It was very interesting because, oh. like, he he was, like, a Democratic uh, congressman who got caught in, like, a sex scandal.
1: and He was the dick pic guy, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, like... And it like, was a
1: human Abedin. Her laptop was in the center of the whole, like, email scandal that, like, resulted in he who shot out be my name becoming president, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Very... <sighs> It's a very interesting family uh right there. But yeah, like I'm I'm interested to to learning more about her career and her coming of age because yeah. uh, she's one of like the first like Asians that we've seen working in, in politics to that degree of power.
1: I mean so, yeah, in I terms of like in terms of the the status and the um I guess the office, right? Like,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's there's probably tons of us working in those, like, analyst positions, right? But there's still that ceiling for everyone.
0: In terms of, like, visibility. Yeah.
1: Next up, um, Elaine Castile, author of America is Not the Heart, uh, sold an essay collection and a novel to Viking. Uh, the collection, How to Read Now, is about the politics and ethics of reading. And her novel, Sexual History, is about a Filipinx-American artist who, with her white husband, wrote trips from the Bay Area to Las Vegas to attend the funeral of the artist's older half-brother who abused her when she was a child. The collection is slated for a summer 2022 release and the novel for winter 2024. Man, the essay collection sounds interesting, but the the novel sounds pretty, actually, I don't know, a little dark, a little um, like,
0: yeah. It sounds horrific, but <laughs> um, I wondered like how how such like a dark topic will be tackled. Like, is it gonna have humor to it to to balance it, or is it gonna be more of like a
1: um?
0: I don't want to say like gritty, but just just like more stark in well, its. I mean, when it comes to
1: family, it's always like that struggle between personal feelings and obligation, right? Especially in Asian families where filial piety and like respecting one's elders are like ingrained in us from, from childhood, um, culturally. So yeah, I guess we'll learn more as, um, as we get closer to the book launch.
0: All right. Next up, Disney Hyperion acquired world rights to a middle grade duology by Julie Kagawa, The books are based on the Society of Explorers and Adventurers, a fictional secret society created by Walt Disney Imagineering. The first book, Shinji Takahashi and the Mark of the Coat, follows 12-year-old Shinji, who sees his life take a turn for anything but ordinary when a magical guardian decides to use him as a conduit to awaken its power. Publication is scheduled for April 2022.
1: You know, I don't know why, but I just thought of Evangelion because of the wording should be. Yeah, sounds interesting. Um, always down when Disney um, highlights Asian characters. And um, sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Like another book I can give to my, you know, young nieces and nephews. All right. Our next deal. In an exclusive submission, Groundwood Books acquired world rights to All the Flowers by debut author-illustrator Jack Wong. The book is about a boy who discovers his inner wonder while tending a garden with his sister. Learning that cultivation requires softness, ingenuity, and care. Publication is slated for spring 2023. Man, I cannot stand gardening. Um, I'm not a gardening person My aunt is a huge gardener and I, I live with my aunt at home right now and she's always, you know, off taking care of her plants. But when she leaves town, I have to take care of them and like, oh, it's such a. I wish I was better at it, but at the same time, I'd rather be doing anything else.
0: (laughs) So I guess I don't
1: have any softness, ingenuity, or care. That's not me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Maybe I'll read this book and and get better at it.
0: All right. In a six-figure, five-house auction, Viking bought If You'll Have Me, a YA sapphic rom-com graphic novel by author-illustrator Uni. College freshman, introvert, and self-proclaimed people-pleaser, Momo Gardner isn't looking for love. That is until she falls for PG, the girl with a reputation for breaking hearts, and a whirlwind romance ensues, causing both to reckon with deep-seated insecurities for a chance at true love. Publication is slated for spring 2023. Yes to more sapphic love stories. This just sounds
1: like, I don't know. It's a graphic
0: novel too. Yes, I love it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and congratulations to Uni for a six-figure deal. That's pretty good. Get that money. Uh, all right, next up, Little Brown has acquired Aliana, Girl of Dragons by Julie Abe, a standalone middle grade fantasy inspired by the Japanese Cinderella story and set in the same world as her earlier Ava Evergreen. Aliana spends long days tending to her stepfamily's inn located at the edge of an abyss, filled with dangerous beasts and adventurers mining for riches. When Aliana rescues an orphan night dragon and then a young witch seeks Aliana's help, she sees it as her chance to break free of her stepmother and sees her own happily ever after. Publication is set for summer 2022. I love that Julie Abe is creating her own like extended universe within her Ava Evergreen yes, world. That is awesome. That's like that's both a cool way to world build, but also a very shrewd like business like move too.
0: Uh, yeah, and I like how it's inspired by like the Japanese Cinderella story. Um, I don't know the actual Japanese Cinderella story, but you know, like every. Almost like every culture has their own version. Like Korea has its own. I know China has its own. And they're all like very different, but kind of follows the same beats, I guess, when it comes to like the happily ever after.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you have societies where there's a social stratification, there's always going to be stories about the the commoner that raises themselves into the noble class, right?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right. So next up, Roaring Brook has bought... Ghosts, Toast, and Other Hazards, a middle grade novel by Susan Tan, the author of the Silla Lee Jenkins series. 12-year-old Mo knows the world is a dangerous place, toasters can catch on fire, things could fall on your head, and stepdads can just take off and leave a family. But the chance to hunt an elephant ghost and the promise of a new friend might convince Mo to live a little more dangerously. Publication is slated for spring 2022.
1: This sounds fun. It's like one of those. Uh, was was that series about the the quirky younger sister Ramona? Sounds kind of Ramona esque, um, but with uh, with uh, with an Asian kid.
0: I can totally understand the fear of toasters catching on <laughs> fire and things falling on your head. As a kid, I was like, vi- like I'm, I'm still a very anxious person. But <laughs> as a kid, I think it was like too to the max. And I always thought that there were things that would kill you. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, totally
0: relatable. Yes.
1: All right. Next up, Harper Collins won at auctions world rights to adoptee to adoptee, a YA anthology featuring new stories by adoptee authors edited by Shannon Gibney and Nicole Chong um, with contributions from Mariama Lockington, Rebecca Carroll, Matthew Salasis, Sung-Yin Shin, um, Jenny hee Wills, Marco Shiro, Lisa Woolrim, showblom, Shoblam, Eric Smith, Meredith Ireland, and Susan Devin Harness, among others. The book is set for fall 2023. This sounds really cool. Um, I'm really happy to see that there are so many like adoptee authors that are that can come together and write like a YA anthology.
0: Yeah, and I think it's very much needed too, um, in terms of like representation. And, you know, that is like an area of um like the Asian American community where it's very, very different. We've had Lily Rugo on our show before, and she's a, a Chinese American transracial um, adoptee. And, you know, her experiences with coming to terms with her identity is going to be different from our uh, journey to, to, um, to like finding our identity as an Asian American. So it's nice that there is like this YA anthology where all of these adoptees are sharing their own journeys because not one like every journey is gonna be different. So
1: Yeah. Are these yeah. personal stories or are these like new short stories?
0: Um, I'm I'm not sure whether it's um personal or fictional but the title is called adoptee to adoptee so i am guessing that the main central theme to their stories are going to be about adoptees and the feelings that uh they have growing up in a home that you know is sometimes sometimes it's like transracial sometimes it's not but uh yeah like i'm really excited for this collection and it's nice that adoptees are put front and center this time around yeah all right. Next up, Dial acquired the picture book Fox and Moose by Tao Niu in an exclusive submission. It tells the story of a pair of friends, Fox and Moose, journeying to meet each other, but both manage to lose the gifts they have made for each other. With a little luck and a little help, each friend is able to put together a last minute gift. Publication is set for fall 2023.
1: Okay, I have to ask, and I don't know if you know this. But is this a pair of humans named fox and moose or an actual fox and moose, and are they anthropomorphic?
0: I don't know <laughs> I don't know. I'm guessing that they're animals though
1: yeah, that sounds cool sounds sounds cute foxes are cute moose are uh moose are terrifying
0: yeah they are. I guess.
1: <laughs> All right. Our next deal. Uh, Kokola acquired Kape Mahu, a bilingual picture book in Hawaiian and English that was adapted from the Oscar shortlisted animated film of the same name. Written by Hinale Moana, Wong Kalu, Dean Hammer, and Joe Wilson, and illustrated by Daniel Sousa. The picture book is about the legend behind the four stones that stand on what is now known as Waikiki Beach. Long ago, four individuals of dual male and female spirit Brought their healing arts from Tahiti to Hawaii. They were beloved by the people for their gentle ways and miraculous cures, and imbued four giant boulders with their powers, which still stand today. Publication is slated for spring 2022.
0: Yay, a Pacific Islander picture book! (laughs) Yeah, we're just honestly, we've been doing this podcast for so long, and it's like we rarely see Pacific Islander authors in the book deals.
1: Yeah, and it's great to see. Like we were just talking about seeing more mythologies being, you know, putting putting down on page, and this is this is another one of those. And it's great because I feel like, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, it feels like a lot of like folklore in like PI communities are a lot of oral traditions. So um, being able to you know put it down on page to be able to distribute it more to the general public seems to be a great way to also increase awareness of other cultures. You know.
0: And also the fact that it's bilingual is really appealing. Yeah. All right. Crown has bought in a five-way auction, Imposter Syndrome and Confessions of Alejandra Kim, the YA debut of Patricia Park, an American University professor and the author of Re Jane. Alejandra, a Korean-American Latina in her senior year, navigates growing pains, grief, best friendship, and identity politics. Publication is scheduled for spring 2023. Yeah, Patricia Park. Uh I interviewed her when her debut book Rejane came out and uh I was like really surprised to learn that uh she came from like a Korean Korean Argentinian American <laughs> background and I was like that's so cool. Like so like can you speak can you speak like Spanish and and um like it was just like really interesting to talk to her about like how she kind of grew up eating, like, Korean and Argentinian food, like, mashed up. And, yeah, Yeah. it's just... I'm pretty interested in in reading uh, Patricia Park's second book.
1: Sounds really cool. Um, Okay, next up, Inkyard Press has acquired Kismet Connection by debut author Ananya Devarajan, pitched as When Dimple Met Rishi Meets How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. This YA romance follows a girl whose family legacy dictates that she will marry her first boyfriend. So she ropes her best friend into a fake dating experiment to prove the existence of her free will, not knowing that he is already in love with her. Publication is planned for summer 2023.
0: Yo, what? Like, dictating that she'll marry her first boyfriend? Okay, like, how rare is it that your first partner is going to be someone that you're going (laughs) to be with forever? I see this as someone... (laughs) I'm such a hypocrite though, because uh, Dan is my first boyfriend, <laughs> and uh, I've been with him for ten years now. So, <laughs> I mean, we're very rare, though. I yeah, having that forced upon you sounds <laughs> sounds hor- horrible. Well, I mean, it sounds
1: like this plan's gonna backfire, right? If if uh, if, if this novel follows the you know standard rom com trajectory, which it might not, it might subvert our expectations, but. Man, this description has like two of the things you love, right? It has a clear log line of like when Diplomat Rishi meets how to lose a guy in 10 days. And it has the fake dating trope.
0: Yes, it sounds like something that I would thoroughly enjoy. And uh, (laughs) summer of 2023 cannot come sooner enough. (laughs) All right. Next up, Little Brown acquired at auction an Echo in the City by debut YA author KX Song. The novel follows two teenagers, an aspiring photographer and the son of a police officer trying to find his own path, falling in love and coming of age amid the Hong Kong protests. The book is scheduled for 2022. Okay, let me just say, I was like, oh, this is a sweet story until it got to the Hong Kong protest (laughs) part of the sentence. And I was like, oh, oh, damn. Yeah,
1: it's like a Romeo and Juliet type of thing, except more real, I guess.
0: It was just like, oh, this is going to be a nice, fluffy... Well, not fluffy, but like, oh, it's going to be like a nice romance. And then Hong Kong protests. It was like, oh.
1: Yeah. All right, next up. Delacorte bought The Night Bus Hero, a middle grade novel by Anjali Q. Rauf, author of The Boy at the Back of the Class. The Night Bus Hero tells the story of a boy who has a reputation as a bully. When he is caught playing a prank on a homeless man, the boy feels ashamed. And he tries to turn his reputation around and discovers it won't be easy. Um, publication is planned for spring 2022 interesting it's a very
0: unique narrative yeah. yeah
1: usually you don't get the um, bully's perspective and it sounds like it's a redemption story
0: we need more of those because how rare is it that you're i mean you're not going to be perfect and there are there are things that people are ashamed of uh at, like that they've done as a kid and it's nice that there is a story where the character is trying to seek redemption and knows that it's not easy and kind of shows the struggle of it. Being, being good is a choice. And I like that this book is kind of exploring uh, that message. Yeah. All right. In an exclusive submission, Simon & Schuster acquired North American rights to The Cobra Song by Supriya Kelker about a 10-year-old Indian-American girl who comes from a family of famous classical Hindustani music singers. When someone suspicious comes to town, she is sure her neighbor has become an Ichadari Nagin, a cobra that can turn human, intent on revenge for an old wrongdoing. She must overcome her fears and harness the power of her voice before the Nagin turns the whole town into a kingdom of snakes. Publication is set for spring 2023. Uh yeah so Supriya Kelkar we've had her on the show as well she is the author of uh American Paneer Pie as well as that thing about Bollywood so she, I love how she's expanding the canon of Indian American uh diaspora um culture and you know this is very different from what she what she has written so yeah. uh really interested in reading it and yeah
1: All right, next up, Candlewick Press and Walker Books UK bought world rights to Picture Book, My Bollywood Dream by Avani Duvetti, about a young aspiring director on her journey to see a Bollywood film in Mumbai. As she travels to the theater with her family, she captures the sights and sounds of the city with her camera and envisions a Bollywood film unfolding before her eyes. Publication is planned for spring 2023 simultaneously in the US and UK.
0: More Bollywood.
1: Yeah, this sounds cute. It sounds like a uh, you know encouraging young young kids to dream and to you know pursue the creative arts, which which I am all for.
0: All right, next up, Fable and Friends bought "I Am Golden," a picture book by best-selling author Eva Chen, who penned "Juno Valentine and the Magical Shoes," featuring illustrations by Sophie Diao. The book is an ode to the immigrant experience, as well as a manifesto of self-love for Chinese-American children. Publication is slated for winter 2022.
1: Always great to see children's books um, aimed to um, support one's cultural identity. Again, I think a lot of us needed this growing up, and it's great to see that it's being provided to, um, you know, the kids of our friends. (laughs) Because I don't have the kids. (laughs) The kids of our friends,
0: yeah. Yeah, like teaching kids early on that self-love is important and to see the value in, in themselves. It's it's a very important message, and I'm glad that kids nowadays are getting like access to it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, next up. Little Bee Books Acquired World Rights to Grumpy New Year by Katrina Moore, illustrated by Xing Yan. Grumpy New Year is a picture book about Daisy, um, who's going to visit her grandpa in China to celebrate Lunar New Year. She is too excited to sleep and is less jolly than she hoped while spending time with him and preparing for the holiday. Publication is planned for fall 2022.
0: Traveling to China to celebrate Lunar New Year. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds like a story that um, (laughs) is very relatable to, to a lot of our Chinese American readers out there. Yeah. Okay, so Dial Acquired World Rights to Hope is a Hop by Katrina Moore. Oh, Katrina Moore sold more than one book. Congratulations. (laughs) About a child trying to grow a garden to bring hope to their struggling family. And the bothersome bunny that's in their way. The book is illustrated by Melissa EY. Publication is slated for spring 2023. Another garden story.
1: Those darn bunnies. I know. Cool. Congratulations to Katrina Moore on like her... I guess her picture book, Empire?
0: Yay!
1: <laughs> Alright, next up, Razor Bill acquired North American and audio rights for All My Rage by best-selling author Saba Tahir, um, the author of An Ember in the Ashes. Um, this contemporary YA novel, set in California's Mojave Desert, crosses generations and continents and addresses themes of cultural identity, family, forgiveness, love, and loss through the eyes of two best friends growing up as outcasts and trying to find a way out of a world set on destroying them. Publication is scheduled for March 2022.
0: A contemporary YA novel by Sabah Tahir. Yeah. Wow, it's a switch from genre, but you know, <laughs> like she needs a she needs a break because <laughs> the Ember in the Ashes uh story is pretty dark from what I've heard. And uh yeah, like having a contemporary YA novel that sounds like there's some There's some love there.
1: I mean, Uh, also a a lot of angst. And I guess I don't think this is any less dark than her dark fantasy series. I guess so. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm just excited because, uh, you know, going from fantasy to contemporary, it's, you know, it's like a big genre hop. So I'm interested to see like how she adapted to it. (laughs) Okay. Delacorte bought in an exclusive submission, Song of Silver, Flame Like Night, by Amelie Wen Zhao, the author of the Blood Air series. First in a YA Shansha, Chinese fantasy series, and a second untitled sequel. The story follows a song girl in a conquered land whose last remnant of her mother and the fallen Hin dynasty of her ancestors is a symbol seared onto her hand, which, if the mysterious boy she encounters is to be trusted, may be the key to freeing her people by mastering the ancient forgotten magic of practicing. Publication is set for spring 2023.
1: Yeah, Shangsha is a, it's like an offshoot of Wuxia, which is like traditional martial arts epics. Um, Shang deals with more with fantasy elements. So you have things like demons and immortals and like definitely like more magic than like martial arts, I think. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, got
0: it. All right, more magic than martial arts.
1: <laughs> All right. Next up, Kendall Wick Press acquired middle grade adventure, The Last Mapmaker by Christina Suntorvat, which this is like her probably like billionth book deal on our podcast. <laughs> She's doing real well. Um, a seafaring mystery and a critique of colonialism set in a Thai-inspired world. The last mapmaker follows 12 year old Sai, who is an assistant to Mankan's most celebrated mapmaker, and whose facade as a well bred young lady disguises a darker past that, if revealed, could ruin her life in Makan's ancestry obsessed society. Publication is set for spring 2022. I feel like Christina Santorva is just living the dream, like writing her Thai inspired. Um, stories. Yeah,
0: yeah. Like, so we've had Christina on our show before for A Wish in the Dark, which is a Thai-inspired fantasy that is inspired by uh, Les Mis, and that book also like tackled poverty and uh, like. Uh, And like the class divide and a lot of like serious topics for middle grade readers, but it was very accessible. And uh, I'm glad that she's going back to a Thai inspired world and she's taking a stab at criticizing colonialism. And it's also going to be in a very like accessible way for uh, middle grade readers to understand a very complex
1: topic. (laughs) Yeah. Looking forward to looking forward always looking forward to new works by Christina. I'm glad that she's doing well.
0: Yeah, we need to have her back on the show. <laughs> Miss you, Christina. All right, next up, Harper Collins acquired North American rights to Anisa's International Day by Reem Faruqi. This younger middle grade novel tells the story of Pakistani American girl Anissa, who can't decide what special activity or food to bring to school that best represents her culture. But when another girl from her class decides to bring samosas, the same food she wanted to bring, Anissa has to learn a hard lesson about friendship. Publication is planned for fall 2022. Yo, International Day. Man, I hated International Day. Growing <laughs> Why? Up. Because, like, I don't know. It just It's such a simplification of of your culture and i don't know just
1: that's true like
0: the thing (laughs) is like i went to school where there weren't a lot of like asian kids and then i went to another school where there were a ton of asian kids so international day was like celebrated in in a weird way where like the first like when i was younger and i was in a class where there weren't a lot of asians i'm like what do i bring that will represent Korean culture well. And then, you know, when I went to the other school where there were a ton of Korean kids, I'm like, what do I bring that doesn't overlap everybody <laughs> else's? But that was, like, a little bit easier because all of our parents were friends and they yeah. just, like, coordinated who <laughs> brings what. But anyway, yeah, like, International Day is such, like, I don't know, it's it's a gross simplification and it's kind of, like, a weird way for, for like, White educators to say, "Look how diverse we are."
1: I guess, and is this is this more of a East Coast thing? Is we didn't have this in when I grew up.
0: Oh, maybe maybe it's more of an East Coast thing. I don't know. I don't know.
1: I'm not sure. We didn't have this growing up, but we did have like, you know. Lunar New Year was when all the Chinese parents came and brought food for the kids. Um, Hanukkah was when our one Jewish family came and brought latkes for us. And we played dreidels, you know, like we were more, it was more stratified by holidays than like an actual day for everything.
0: That's interesting.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, (laughs) glad to see that experience be put down on page (laughs) to share with everyone. All right. Uh, Our next deal, Blackstone Bought Hurt You by Marie Miao Glee. Um, author of Finding My Voice. Um, Hurt you is a contemporary YA retelling of John Steinbeck's classic Of Mice and Men. Um, Lee's novel is a portrait of a pair of Korean-American siblings, 17-year-old Georgia and her near a older brother, Leonardo, and the threats to their bond in a new hometown that becomes a crucible of rage over class, race, and disability. Publication is scheduled for spring 2023.
0: I will never read this book. I'm sorry. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't end
1: the same way as of mice and men because that would be fucking depressing.
0: I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm sure it's a good good book. It's just it has like my my triggers. Like Mm. I like I have two younger um, uh, autistic brothers who will be dependent for the rest of their lives and the shit that we have gone through in the education system and just dealing with people who don't understand disability and the cross, the intersection of just like how that, how that impacts like Korean, Korean American culture where they don't really talk about disability. Yeah. It's, it's just like a minefield of triggers that I personally cannot go through, but I am sure it is a great book and people who read it we'll probably learn more about how disability <laughs> is talked about in the Korean American community. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: It's just like, man, Of Mice and Men. We yeah, all, read, and that, right? we all read that, You and I both had the same
0: expression when, when <laughs> you read, like, of, of Mice and Men. We're like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up. In a six-figure preempt, Viking bod TJ Power has something to prove by debut author Jasmine Cardio. This YA rom-com pitched for fans of Netflix's Never Have I Ever is about high school debater T.J. Power, who, after becoming the subject of an ugly meme, makes a resolution to stop shaving, plucking, and waxing, all to prove she can be her hairy self and still be beautiful, but finds this may be her most difficult debate yet. Publication is set for summer 2022, and I'm sorry if I mispronounce anything, but… you know. I did my best. I
1: will because I approve the um, TJ Power pronunciation because I feel like a high school speech and debater will say that her name is TJ Power to okay. like to like instill mind games into her competition, right? Because TJ Power is such a such a bold move, but it could be poor. Who knows?
0: I like the fact that this is about like body hair <laughs> because I I feel like for a lot this what is this a YA okay so this is a YA story and I feel like. There's a lot of pressure to shave your legs and to conform into uh, this beauty standard that is not fit for everybody's like genetics. So it's yeah. Yeah. I'm like really curious and it sounds like it's a pretty funny book as well. Because Never Have I Ever is pretty funny.
1: Yeah. And I, I know enough like Lincoln-Douglas debaters to know that they someone who does debate would double down on this and like <laughs> go all the way. So very accurate. And it's cool that, you know, Asian debaters will now have representation as well in literature. <laughs> all right. Our next deal. Albert Whitman bought world rights to Remembering Mom's Kubat Haleb, written by Medea Sharif and illustrated by Paran Kim. It is a story with Kurdish words and cultural references about a girl who with the help of her family finds a way to celebrate her mother. Publication is scheduled for October 2022.
0: This is another book that celebrates language, uh, Kurdish words and cultural references. Yeah. I'm all for books that like teach kids about about like their own language and to be proud of it. Uh cuz I feel like for so many for so many years it was like assimilate, assimilate, like kind of forget your own mother tongue in order to fit in. So it's nice to have these books where it says like where it teaches kids their language and culture. Yeah. All right. Next up, Yihu Press acquired world rights to Marsha Chu's The Return of the Teddy, a picture book about a chivalrous teddy bear guarding a girl's childlike innocence with courage and love. It was inspired by the news that a father tried his best to make up for the loss of his daughter's beloved toy. Yao Dashin will illustrate. Publication is slated for fall 2022 in the U.S. and mainland China.
1: I wonder what the teddy bear is guarding the girl from. Like monsters, I guess we'll find out bug. when the
0: book comes out.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right. Our last new story is Quiltree preempted the book um, In the Beautiful Country by debut author Jane Kuo. This middle grade novel, Inverse, is based on events from the author's childhood and follows 11-year-old Anna was immigrated from Taiwan to the U.S. and must navigate her new life, new school, and new country, all while helping her family's struggling fast food restaurant. Publication is set for summer 2022. Uh, Yeah, this is another type of story that I'm happy to see more of, which is like the story of working class Asian immigrants.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it's nice that it's a story about a child immigrant to (laughs) to the States, because oftentimes it's like second generation and kind of dealing with the the culture gap between your parents and uh, and yourself but you know it's like you're you're at an age where you're not that young because like 11 years old is pretty late to immigrate to a new country and like learn english and everything so um i'm glad that there is representation of, of of that as well yeah All right, so that includes our very, very long list of book deals for this past month. Uh, We're going to move on to news. Uh, There weren't that many, um, but we're going to cover the two big news that came out this past month. So uh, the first piece of news is Crying in H Mart, a memoir by Michelle Zahner, who is also known as Japanese Breakfast. Uh, Her memoir is now set for a feature film adaptation. in a competitive bid, MGM labels Orion Pictures picked up the rights, and Stacey Scher and Jason Kim are on board to produce. Uh, Crying in H Mart has, I-, I think it reached, like, what? Like, number two on, like, the New York Times bestsellers list for uh, hardcover nonfiction? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, like, a really big deal because we're just, like, There's an Asian person (laughs) who, like, debuted at number... Like, that high on, like, the New York Times bestseller list. Yeah, I mean, that probably
1: means that it broke through not only for Asian American audiences, but also, like, general audiences as well.
0: Uh, So, the memoir is about... um, Michelle Zahner's experience growing up as one of the few Asian-American kids at her school in Oregon and the months she spent at her grandmother's apartment in Seoul, as well as her career in the East Coast indie music scene and meeting her husband. Um, And at the center of her story is her relationship with her mother, who was diagnosed with terminal cancer, at which point Zahner reckons with her identity both as a daughter and Korean-American. Uh, so Michelle Zahner is a mixed race and her mother is Korean. And I believe um, her mother passed away. So like when her mother passed away, she kind of lost her um, main connection to Korean culture. So it makes sense that this book is called crying in H Mart. Cause I think, I think in like a piece she, she wrote like, Oh, when I went to H Mart, it like, you know, It feels like my mom is there, like everything that she fed me, like it's it's there. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm like, I actually really want to read this book. I don't know if I'm going to read it on my own or if we're going to read this as a future pick for our book club. But yeah, yeah, congratulations to Michelle.
1: Yeah, I definitely want to read this book as well. And so, yeah, maybe maybe it will be a future book club pick. Spinner wants to have a good cry.
0: (laughs) Are you sure about that? I feel like. I cried not that long ago. <laughs>
1: um, our, and our last piece of news is that We Need Diverse Books will no longer use the term own voices to refer to children's literature or its authors. They've also removed all mentions of own voices from previously published blog posts. Um, moving forward, We Need Diverse Books will use specific descriptions the authors use for themselves and their characters whenever possible. So this is like a, a language thing, right? Like making sure. Yeah. That they-
0: yeah. So like. Own Voices was created uh, as a hashtag by author Corinne Duyvis back in September 2015. Um, It was pretty much, like, used as a shorthand uh, for, like, Twitter for readers to recommend books who, like, shared the same identity as their main characters. But because of, like, the vagueness of the term, um, it's become, like, a catch-all for marketing. So there are, like, Authors were like, yeah, this is an own voices book because I'm a white lady who lives in a rural part of this state. And it's just like, that's not what own voices (laughs) is. And uh, we've been kind of seeing it um, as like diverse literature has expanded because it's like like people think oh like diverse characters that's where the money is at and they think diversity is a trend so they're capitalizing on it and uh the original intention of the own voices hashtag has it's kind of watered down so um but at the same time like i wonder how that's going to impact um book recommendations you know I feel like a lot of people found solidarity through the own voices hashtag.
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely when we look at Asian American literature, we definitely are looking for own voices stories or whatever the original connotation of that is.
0: Yeah. yeah, And also, like, I worry about the people who have used own voices and, you know, Like, for example, like, oh, I am a Korean-American author and, you know, this is an Own Voices book because my character is Korean-American. But readers might challenge that saying like, oh, but you're like not this type of Korean-American from Mm. this generation, from this class, from this experience. And it becomes like a way to attack a marginalized author uh, same thing with authors who are neuroatypical. Um, the autism spectrum is so wide. And to say, like, oh, like this is an own voices book uh, because I'm autistic and the main character is autistic, um, other readers might be like, well, it's not the same <laughs> level yeah. of autism. And so it's like a way for like, For like, I guess, mainstream readers who are not from, who are outside that marginalized community to attack a marginalized writer. And, you know, we've seen it a lot when it comes to like Asian American authors saying like, oh, like you're not Asian enough or this isn't like, (laughs) like, I don't. There's a lot of pressure for for marginalized authors to get everything about their culture and community. Right. Right. And this is just like another way for, I guess, people to, I guess, weaponize, <laughs> weaponize the term. So I understand like why they're, why we need diverse books is retiring it, but I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's it does. Um, naming things is hard. I mean, from my experience of naming characters in like video games, it's <laughs> probably the most time I spend on any game, right? Sitting on that naming screen. And so like, it sucks that we have this term that, does encompass what we're going for but we can't use anymore because of you know external reasons right
0: yeah and it kind of sucks that this was originally this is this was a twitter shorthand it was a twitter hashtag it wasn't meant to be a freaking marketing tool it wasn't meant to be used by publishing houses um in like official press statements but it has and uh that's just another way capitalism sucks. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, our podcast will continue to elevate and highlight books by Asian and Asian American authors. And so if you're looking for formerly known as own voices content from the Asian community, um, we'll still be here, I guess. Um, Well, that'll do it for this episode of Books and Boba. Um, thank you so much for joining us for our mid-month uh, book news update for june 2021 um rira uh, remind us what we're reading for this month
0: we are reading happy ending by tian kim lam and we have special guests on our upcoming discussion episode
1: yeah we're inviting my co-host from my other podcast good pop um just you and han win because uh, happy endings is a romance novel and those two are romance novel connoisseurs so it'll be um, three romance novel experts. Don't
0: don't lump me with... <laughs> I don't read me. that much romance. <laughs> I really don't. It seems like I do because uh, whenever we do book deal announcements, I'm like, yeah, rom-com. But I really don't read that many <laughs> romance novels. So
1: regardless, it'll be a fun discussion. And I'm looking forward to um, chatting romance with everyone. But until then, um, thank you so much for listening to Books and Boba. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening to Books and Boba. This podcast was hosted by Marvin Yue and Ri Rayu, and edited and produced by Marvin Yue. Follow the book club on Twitter and Instagram by going to at Booksandboba and engage with us on Goodreads on our Goodreads group. You can also check out past episodes of the podcast by going to Booksandboba.com and by subscribing to us on your favorite podcast app. Don't forget, you can support Books and Boba and Asian American authors by purchasing books at our bookshop.org account. Check out the link in our show notes and also at Booksandboba.com.
0: Where have you been? We haven't seen you for seven years.
1: Has, has it been that long? Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, I was on a fishing boat. Training. It's part of the plan.
0: Pla- what training? What plan?
1: The, the, the third season of the Korean Drama Podcast!
0: Okay, we're doing this again? Well, okay, But there's no body switching in this one, right? No!
1: The only thing we're switching that we're going to watch a good drama this time from 2020 called ito in class a story about starting a restaurant and a dish that koreans love called revenge i thought you were going to say kimchi jjigae i thought you were going to say juk. those two koreans love those two
0: listen to the korean drama podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts
1: part of the potluck podcast collective